0: Welcome to Mind Flight. a new episode. In this episode, I will be speaking on a serious incident which happened on a Singapore Airlines Boeing 777 taking off from Pudong Airport, Shanghai, China. I am a true believer that society and culture cannot be separated from work and training. However best the training may be, it is under a controlled environment and the performance indicators need to be achieved for which the trainees are briefed beforehand. The crew undergoing training works together to achieve their objectives and they are driven by performance indicators required to be achieved to declare them competent. In the real world, the motivation, drive and targets are not briefed as well as they are in the training environment. A lot many distractions in personal cultures and behavioral influences are a lot more active as compared to the training environment. In this incident, the first officer of a Singapore Airlines Boeing 777 was a multi-crew pilot license holder with over 1,700 hours of flight experience, on type. The essence of an MPL training program is multi-crew coordination and threat error management. Therefore, it can be safely assumed that the crew had demonstrated all the qualities and behavioural indicators as desired by the training curriculum modelled and designed for Singapore Airlines. Then why was the first officer not assertive enough? And why was threat error management weak when the changes in the flight management system done by the captain erroneously inserted made the boeing 777 level off at 500 feet after takeoff and the ground proximity warning triggered the synopsis on 2nd september 2019 the boeing 777 300er took off from pudong airport in shanghai china the flight crew engaged the autopilot after takeoff the pitch mode selected at the time of autopilot engagement was vertical navigation call it VNAV. Shortly after, Don't Sink Caution Alert from the GPWS activated three times. The flight crew carried out troubleshooting and engaged the flight level change mode, which is the open climb on the airbus panel to climb the aircraft. After the caution alert had stopped, the flight crew reverted to VNAV mode. Subsequently, another Don't Sink Caution was activated followed by a pull up warning alert in response to the warning the flight crew disengaged autopilot increased thrust pitched the aircraft up to climb the warning alert stopped and the flight proceeded without any further incident to singapore if we look at sop compliance a change in the standard instrument departure sid is considered a threat and to mitigate the risk of errors The company SOP requires both crew to be present while programming the FMC, while preparing the cockpit prior to commencement of the flight. Time pressure when the flight is delayed is also a threat. Why did the highly trained crew of the Boeing 777 succumb and let the errors pass to activate the GPWS warnings? The crew were facing difficulties obtaining pre-departure clearance and uploading the flight plan, into the FMC via data link. The captain decided to manually insert the waypoints, the routes on the flight management computer but he did it while the first officer was carrying out the external inspection. This wasn't the SOP. The first officer came back and managed to obtain the pre-departure clearance via the data link and informed the captain that what he had inserted, as a SID was not what was cleared by the ATC. The captain said okay, and he decided to change the SID. While changing the SID, there was an issue about constraints, speed and altitude constraints. So during the briefing, the PIC noted on the FMC that the first waypoint was unlike what he had earlier programmed in the. During the briefing, the PIC noted on the FMC that the first waypoint of the departure was unlike the waypoint which he had earlier programmed, which means there was no speed altitude constraint at a particular waypoint. So he decided to input the speed constraint of 250 knots in the FMC and he keyed in the speed altitude constraint of 250 slash 500 instead of 250 slash 500 and above. The first officer observed the PSC's input as part of the cross-checking process and accepted the input as correct. If you look at the flight mode annunciator changes call out, After the aircraft was established and climbed, with the landing gear retracted, the PIC called for autopilot engagement as the aircraft climbed to an altitude of approximately 360 feet. The first officer engaged autopilot. According to the first officer, when the aircraft was climbing past 400 feet, the FMA on the primary flight display PFT changed from hold nav toga to speed LNAV VNAV path. The first officer called out, speed VNAV path. He made the call twice, so the first officer is expected to call out the changes. However, according to the PIC, he did not hear the first officer's call-outs. The first officer did not pursue in seeking response from the PIC. He wasn't assertive enough. Aircraft continued to climb. The PIC noted from its PFT that the aircraft had climbed past 500 feet AGL. Both PIC and F4 then noticed the increasing speed trend and decided to retract the flaps. The PIC believed that the aircraft had crossed 1000 feet AGL. The first officer retracted the flap in stages as commanded. Then came the GPWS warning, the ground proximity. During the initial stage of flap retraction, Don't Sink Caution Alert from the Enhanced Ground Proximity Warning System activated. Nine seconds later, the Don't Sink Caution Alert, a second Caution Alert, was activated. At this time, flaps were being retracted and the flight crew were still troubleshooting the first caution. This followed by a third Don't Sink. The flight crew realized that the aircraft had leveled off and they needed to reinitiate a climb. PIC engaged the flight level change mode on the MCP mode control panel. However, two seconds later, he re-engaged VNAV. The PIC thought he had resolved the issue, as the don't sink caution had ceased. However, on the QAR data, the short flight level change engagement resulted in no appreciable change in altitude as the aircraft was oscillating between 480 and 500 feet AGL. The first officer alerted the PIC that they needed to cancel the speed altitude constraint and the first officer pushed the altitude selector button on the MCP to delete the programmed constraint. After doing so, there was no more issue with the aircraft climbing to the intended altitude and the flight proceeded to Singapore without further incident. If we look at the analysis from a cultural aspect, Professor Geet Hoofsted conducted one of the most comprehensive studies on how values in workplace are influenced by culture. He defines culture as the collective programming of mind, distinguishing the members of one group or category of people from others. This is quoted from Hofstede Insights. There are a number of uh, descriptors; three of them considered here by MindFly are power distance, Singapore's scores. High on the dungeon Score of 74. With the Confucian background, the Chinese, they normally have a syncretic approach to religion, which is also the dominant approach in Singapore. One of the key principles of Confucian teaching is the stability of the society, which is based on unequal relationships between people. Confucius distinguishes five basic relationships. Ruler-subject, father-son, older brother-younger brother, husband-wife, senior friend-junior friend. These relationships are based on mutual and complementary obligations. Here we can see the high PDI as a consequence. Power is centralized and managers rely on the bosses and on rules. Employees expect to be told what to do. Control is expected and attitude towards manager is formal. Communication is indirect and the information flow is selective. We can see the high PDI also in the governments. Defined five shared values, nation before community and society above self. Second is individualism. Communication is indirect and the harmony of the group has to be maintained. Open conflicts are avoided. A yes doesn't necessarily mean yes. Politeness takes precedence over honest feedback. The relationship has a moral basis, and this always has priority over task fulfillment. The face of others has to be respected, and especially as a manager, calmness and respectability is very important. Third, there's uncertainty avoidance. Singapore scores 8 on this dimension, and thus scores very low on this dimension. In Singapore, people abide to many rules, and not because they have need for structure but because of high PDI. Singaporeans call this society a fine country. You will get a fine for everything. Keeping these dimensions in perspective, one can safely conclude that the society has a very strong role in the upbringing of an individual. Therefore, the same creeps into the work culture too. However good a training program is, if the corporate culture is unable to override the national and or personal culture, training in a controlled environment will not translate to performance on the line. It is therefore imperative that while designing a training curriculum, as per the instructional design methodology recommended by IKO, cultural and organizational aspects must be kept at the forefront while carrying out a detailed task analysis. Analysis should include study of organizational system in which personnel must work the critical aspects of individual functions of the profession and the performance levels are required for each function in that profession. This analysis is referred as task analysis. So we see from this incident that however good a training program is, it has to be realistic and society cannot be segregated from any aspect of training or profession. Therefore, the inputs are very important. Please message me through the message button so that we can continue our discussion. And thank you very much for listening to the podcast on Mindfly Katha by Safety Matters. I am Amit Singh signing off. Thank you very much.